How long have you been in the Navy? I've been Black Bay Life. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. We have 40 years of naval service. And each week we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics. These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our Navy with a sailor twist. So join us each week as we dive into the deep end. Booyah! Hey everyone, welcome to E14 Podcast. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we're E14. To put our disclaimer on the record, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of our own and not the United States Navy or my command. So take it or leave it. So so uh, we have to do that. So in case we get butthurt, we can say we did the disclaimer. <laughs> so we have a very, very, very <laughs> special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce I'd love guest? to. I'd love to, Jamie. It's Summer from the Stress, Depressed, and Anxious Podcast. Welcome, welcome on board. Welcome aboard, Summer. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we are honored because yeah. of all that you have gone through, and we just hope that your story provides some peace or just some coping mechanisms that, you know, others can use in these just weird times that we're in, you know? I hope so too. So a little uh, backstory on how I found out about Summer. I heard her first on the Beer in Front podcast with Dave. Shout out to Dave and his great podcast. It was one of the first ones I listened to when we started and I still listen to today. And then recently she was cra- hanging out with them crazy ass McGlynn brothers, Ian and Josh from Tavern in Front. <laughs> so you were at the questionable bar, bar of, of life choices yeah, or what? bar of questionable life oh. choices. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you question your life choices, Summer? Oh, absolutely. I question them every day. <laughs> so, Summer, so what, first of all, what, where you, where you live? I know you're a Jersey girl, right? I am a Jersey girl, a proud Jersey girl living in America's basement currently, <laughs> um, better known as Florida, South Florida, sunny South Florida. <laughs> so what's the temperature now there? Um, it's somewhere around 80 degrees, you know, in hell. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's hot. It's humid. Yeah. yeah. So we're not too, too. I mean, we're a long ways, but we're still in the South. We're in Southeast Louisiana, not far from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And it is 40 something degrees right now, maybe 50. And tonight's supposed to get down to 20. We got a fire. It's yeah, chilly. The we fire ready for I know cold. you guys look so cozy. Yeah, actually, uh, you're welcome. You're on the first re. I don't well, know what we revamped. What we, call this. we revamped uh, our podcast we, room. We've revamped our podcast room. <laughs> we wanted to look more professional, so we. Got I love the Michael Scott in the background. That prison yeah. mic. Well, he's yeah. always going to stay. He's there. always there. He's always there. <laughs> now, before we had some lounge chairs, and but it was you know the, our posture looked like ass and yeah. I mean, it was we cozy. Don't get me wrong. Professional. Yeah, so we're I love it. Yeah. So what? Well, let's let's hear what? a little bit about summer. Oh, that's what I was gonna do. Oh. Do. So let's talk about your, your childhood real quick. In, in oh, Jersey. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang. Yeah, I, I just wanted like a brief. No, I want to hear about. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm he's like hitting. I'm the- anxious, though. I'm <laughs> anxious to hear about your podcast name. Right. And it came. It had to, it didn't start when you were 30 or I don't know how old you are. It didn't start while you're an adult. It started. It starts when you're a kid. Am I wrong? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And as a kid, I was definitely stressed, depressed and anxious. Um, I would say as a kid, I I was more so on the stressed and anxious side. Um, I had a lot of anxiety. 
I probably I was a bedwetter until the age of like maybe I think 11. (laughs) (laughs) I had so much anxiety that even when I was out, um, I remember there was one time that we actually, you know, came to visit my uncle in um, South Florida. We were in Miami Beach and we were like walking along the beach and I had to pee so bad and I didn't want to I was I just didn't want to like interrupt their conversation, the adults conversation. (laughs) I thought they were going to yell at me and just be like, oh, you're so annoying, you know, because like, you know, when kids have to use the bathroom, you're like, oh, my God, I got to slip them to the bathroom. And I was so anxious about that. And I was like, oh, just wait for an opportune moment. Maybe when like we're walking back to the car (laughs) or something and I, I had held it so long. And then all of a sudden I just went in my pants and I was like, oh no. And they were so pissed at me anyway. It was just that oh. kind of situation. So I was that kid. I was very anxious and I was very mistrustful of a lot of people. Um, it was, it was, I was so discriminating when it came down to me making friends and things like that. I remember when I was growing up, um, I had a lot of kids and I, I probably scarred some people. <laughs> I talked to them in one of my last episodes because I'm like, was I a bully in, in a sense? Um, and my part of some people's worst nightmares um, <laughs> because as a kid, the I just girl. remember. Yeah, I remember a lot of kids like wanted to be friends with me and I just can't kind of came off of like vibes, I guess you would say. Like I was very intuitive and if I didn't feel a certain type of energy from a person, I really didn't want to be their friends. I didn't like having so many people crowd around me. So I was very particular about who I wanted to be friends with. And it was just based on nothing but a feeling. And so there was a lot of people or a lot of kids who would come up to me and just like want to play. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> And I feel like I I probably came off as a mean girl when I was like five, six years old. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I had a lot happen to me in my early childhood that just made me very mistrustful, that I was always anxious about things, and it just sort of grew and grew from there. So, yeah. So, no. do, do, so uh, I mean, well, like what age, I guess, if you don't want to go into it, we don't have to, but what age would this thing, would this uh, situation happen that made you so mistrustful that kind of led to the rest of your life? Um, I would say six years old. Okay. Um, yeah. Very young. Very, very young. young. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So, and that was all that started in Jersey. When, when did you, uh, move to Miami about what time of your life you had to get to specific high school? So I was probably about, I don't know, 13. Okay. Summer, summer after eighth grade. So you moved to paradise. I moved to paradise. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta love it. But I, I don't know. I'm not, I hate no Miami. I've never been there, but I watched a lot of Dexter. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Miami looks pretty cool. Yeah. No. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? So when you're, if you come and visit Florida, I would say for about the first two weeks, if you're on vacation or whatever, it is great. It's so like Miami in particular is such like a party central place. People come there for the clubs, for the beaches. It is such a nice vibe. It's really beautiful and and all that great stuff. But after those two weeks of your vacation, you will start to (laughs) hate it because I feel like in Florida, like, Maybe the sun has fried people's brains, but there's bizarre <laughs> shit that happens down yes. here. I'm sorry. Can I cuss there, on here? Yes. Yeah, but please. Okay. We, you know, we've bizarre. talked to the Florida men <laughs> podcast, Florida men on Florida. I love men, them. And I'm I like, love yes. them. 
I'm like, what is wrong with you Floridians? <laughs> no, seriously. Like they capture the essence of like, you know, the people in Florida, like they just do weird, weird things. Um, weird stuff goes on here. That's why I call it America's basement, you know? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. It, and I remember, uh, coming down here from New Jersey, was such a weird experience, even academically, because I think it's like it was like a D state or something. So I remember when I started ninth grade, I started learning things that I had learned in sixth grade in New Jersey. It was so yeah. weird. It was such like yeah. a, a different vibe. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it can be nice. Don't get me wrong. There's nice, you know, things about a lot of places, but it's also on the flip side, like just bizarre. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hear you. I guess what surprised me the most, because I'm being from Louisiana, I'm very familiar with the panhandle. And uh, I figured that's where all the weird shit, a lot of rednecks, you know I mean? I happen to be one. I get it. I know how we are. And, but when you hear Florida, man, a lot of stuff happens in central Florida, Tampa, Tampa Orlando, <laughs> yeah. and then down to Miami too. Yeah. I mean, weird stuff goes on. It's like, it's not that like, oh, there's crimes that happen in Florida. Crime happens everywhere. Even, right. you know, some places more so than Florida. It's just what actually happens. Like, oh, this guy stuck his dick in a pickle and was like running around. Like, it's like, why is <laughs> right. this happening why? here? Right. You know, right. brought you to that moment. <laughs> right. Or like I mean, uh, 10, 10, 11 years ago when that guy was eating some other guy's face because he was on bath salts. Like only in yeah. Florida would that happen. Yeah. You know, I remember yeah. that. I was like, zombies is a real thing. Yeah. Like the walking dead was big. Yeah. I was like, zombies is Real. I didn't even want to bathe with bath salts after that. I'm like, like in my skin. But I get it because me and Jamie came from Texas. Uh, we I transferred here, and then Jamie went from reserves to active duty, and mm -hmm. she's a Navy recruiter now. And we left South Texas to New Orleans, and we love New Orleans because we vacationed there. That's where I asked her to marry me. I love New Orleans. But you get her after same same shit though. After two weeks, yeah, you should never live where yeah, you vacation. No. I, yeah, I hate, that's true. I hate driving in New Orleans now, especially yeah. it's gotten crazy. People getting shot driving down I 10 in New Orleans now. Yeah. I heard about that. I did hear about that. It's kind of wild. And yeah, it's just a few cars in front of me. So. Yeah, Jamie was in the traffic when it happened. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, they thought she was someone else. And they it's and it's happening like it seems like every other week now. It's just someone getting shot over stupid stuff on the highway. It's ridiculous. I don't know why. I don't know why it's gotten so crazy all of a sudden. I mean, it was always crazy. I mean, a lot of murders you see on the news every morning, but this is different level. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. People must be bored. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Right. That's it. Well, I figured since, <laughs> it's, since it's got cold, since it got cold, maybe all that stopped for a few days and yeah. before it warms up. Yeah. 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 That's true. They probably don't want to wait around in the you know, cold. Louisiana, kind of like Florida, we can battle hurricanes, not a big deal, but them temperature drops, uh, we're stuck inside. A bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> i lived in georgia for a little bit and it's it's the same thing like if yeah. there's even a hint of snow the whole the whole state shuts down yeah yep, that's true same here so when did you when did you start your how long you've had your podcast um i had my podcast since about 2019 but when i first started my podcast it was definitely not with the intention of it actually being a podcast it was more like um me just grabbing my phone and talking into it and like just posting it just to post it. It was, it was like an audio diary, if you will. Oh, and I didn't right, think cool. that, yeah, I didn't have any like social media for it. I never promoted it. Nobody knew about it. And it was on, it wasn't until like one day where some guy, I think he was in like Iceland or I don't even remember where he's from. And he sent me this um audio message through anchor and he was telling me how much he related to one of my episodes. And I was like, holy shit, people are actually listening to this, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't until some quite some time after that where I decided, OK, 
you know what I do? Cause he was saying in his recording um, that he felt less alone through hearing someone else, huh. me specifically talk about some of the things that I had addressed in that episode. And I was like, you know what? It's true because there's so many times where I feel alone with a certain feeling or experience. Um, and if I could just share what I go through on a day to day, and help somebody else feel like they're not the only one, then that's right. awesome. So that's when I really kind of started to take it more seriously. So from the age of six to where you are now, obviously this whole crescendo up into the where you're dealing with it and you're speaking openly about it. Um, what what kind of like happened in your life that, or how did you cope with with anxiety and, and depression and all of this stuff previously till now? So for most of my life, I didn't even really have a name for it. Right. Like I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really like, you know, think about it as something like I have anxiety or whatever. It was just sort of dealing with the day to day, not knowing why, not having a name to it or anything like that. And it wasn't until my early adulthood, I think um, after college, right after Mm -hmm. college and I was working and everything seemed to be going fine. But then it got to a point where like, my anxiety became really, really debilitating. Um, And so that's when I started to have to address it because like I couldn't do normal day-to-day things. Like I couldn't just go to work and be fine. I would have panic attacks, anxiety attacks all the time. It feels like a heart attack, very much like a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And I would end up in the emergency room thinking that, you know, something was really wrong. And they're like, no, you just have anxiety. I'm like, what is going on with me? And that's when I went to go, you know, get some counseling as well. And even during that whole time, I was like, uh, what is wrong with me? Like, am I nuts? Like, <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah. Well, um, because I think back in the day, we didn't necessarily put the labels on it that we have today. We just kind of were like, oh, I feel weird about this situation or, you know, I just not feeling myself today. But we didn't know what to call it or, or how to pinpoint it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like in my household, like nobody really talked about mental health in a serious way. And we all only I only knew about mental health through like watching movies and TV shows, which isn't really a good marker for that or depiction. You just kind of think that anybody going through something like that is just like absolutely nuts. Um, And so that's how I felt for a long time. Even when I was getting counseling, I was like, oh, my God, I'm one of those crazy people. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And that didn't help your situation at all. No, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It absolutely did. It made me want to hide it, you know, so Mm -hmm. much. Um, I also also um, with depression in particular, when I was about 17 years old, I was like clinically depressed, really, really bad. I even, you know, had like a suicide attempt in my senior year of high school. Um, it was awful. And I didn't even, um, consider talking to anyone until I was in college and like really, really struggling. And I saw this, you know, thing that basically they offered free counseling, free therapy for, um, students at the school. So I went to one or two sessions, but then I just kind of dropped it. Cause again, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not crazy. I don't want to do yeah. this. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> deal with this. So, to um, doc. it took quite a while. Wow. And you know what, from listening, if I didn't know your story a little bit from your podcast and obviously the name of your podcast, when I heard you on uh tavern in question, I would never know because you, you interacted with, with the McGlynn so well, it was like, they were just having a good time, having some drinks with you and you're, were, you're were killing that tequila. They were killing whiskey. <laughs> and, uh, 
I would never even known you've, I mean, you're just, you just have such a bubbly personality that you would never think depression would be, you know, in your realm, but that's the thing about mental illness. And that we have learned through doing these podcasts is that it's not what you think it looks like. Nope. No, absolutely not. That's that's part of the whole stigma, too, is like, you know, you think that somebody with depression or somebody with anxiety or whatever it is that they're dealing with has to have like a certain um, look or feel. And I'm like, it's it's very multifaceted. People are very, you know, multifaceted in general. They're not one dimensional. And Mm -hmm. yeah, even though I, I never like I could be feeling like I'm dying, having anxiety attack. And the worst thing to me, worse than dying would be to tell someone like I'm having an anxiety attack. Yeah. There's something wrong with me. (laughs) Yeah. I totally get that. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) So has your podcast been kind of therapeutic for you? Absolutely. So yeah, it it absolutely has been. I mean, you know, so much of the time people say things like you should talk to somebody about what you're going through. And again, like for me, not really trusting people. And honestly, I think, you know, with anybody like trusting somebody with that is really tough in and of itself. And then there's not a lot of people out there, even though they say they understand that really truly understand what you're going through. And right. so it makes it difficult. Not everybody has access to therapy. It is very expensive. Um, so for me, when I started my podcast, it was such a relief to just kind of talk. And even when I realized that people were listening, it was even more of a relief because I was like, I am, you know, talking about it. I am putting it out there. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's still there's still that aspect of anonymity to it. And yeah. it's so therapeutic to be able to talk about these different situations that I've gone through. So, yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you about that because yeah. you didn't turn on your camera for our, for our listeners. And, you know, you you have like just a, a avatar type of your on your podcast, not your picture, which a lot of people do. And so I was wondering, do you do you kind of keep your identity still hidden so that you can openly discuss these things that are going on with you? hundred thousand percent. hundred thousand percent. It allows me to tell like all of my life stories without actually attaching it to me because I mean, obviously you get a chance to be more open. I feel like if I was, if I was, you know, putting my picture out there or, you know, being on camera and things like that, I feel like there's so much more that I wouldn't say, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I know myself, I would cut it out. I'd want to like present myself to the world in a certain way. I'd be more worried about other people who know me finding it and relating stories back to themselves and be like, oh my God, like you're talking about me, you know what I mean? And I just would be more fearful to, to talk about it. But with with that anonymity, it allows me to just be free and like open and talk about these things that are like really deeply personal. And I love that. I do, too. You know, let's talk about her her art real quick. Uh It's simple, but it's it's awesome. By the way, it's a whole story, a whole story. Can you explain it to us for the listeners? Well, I mean, lavender, first of all, there's there's a lot of lavender in it, yep. which to me is like really calming and soothing or it's supposed to be. Um, I use lavender in like so many of the of the things that I have in my house. Um, so that's what that was part of the color choice. And then the the actual girl in the avatar. It's just it, it's like the the pain points, I guess you could say yeah. that you're sort of seeing on her, on her body, um, you know, and it's it's naked. And I guess it's like supposed to be, you know, open and and just showing you like 
the pain that I feel on a daily basis. Right. And the galaxy in her hair is like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Huge, huge <laughs> right. galaxy is right, you know, around you. And you're just like feeling all these pressures from all these different points. That's kind of what I see. Uh, it, tells, it tells a story for sure. Yeah. It, it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, um, with your anonymity and everything that you've gone through, uh, what I, I guess, you know, it's it it's hard to talk about your own mental health. It's hard. It's so hard just to make that jump. When was that point for you when you were I know you said you grabbed your phone, but was it like a breaking point that you were like, I just have to get this out of my head? Yeah, I mean, I was going through a lot at the time. I I went from uh, um, living in South Florida because I basically, just so you know, I grew up in New Jersey, came to South Florida when I was in high school, left, went to college in Boston, came back because my parents are still in Florida and was working in Florida for a lot of years. And then um, my parents split up. I moved to Georgia. I was there for about a year and a half. And then I just moved to D.C. <laughs> wow. wow. I, yeah, I've been around. I moved to D.C. Um, it, for a while and I was doing great. And then I got like this homesick feeling. And even though my um, parents had already split up, my mom was living in Georgia at the time. My sister, and my brother as well. I still decided for some reason, like, I'm just going to move back to Florida. I have a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins there. And I just feel like this homesick sort of feeling. So I'll just move back to South Florida for a while. And then um, nothing changed. I was still really, really, you know, depressed. And I figured out that, like, you know, it had nothing to do with where I am. It's just I this is how I'm actually feeling. And that was really hard to to digest, I guess you could say, because at that point I still felt like, you know, I, I was blaming a lot of outside factors as to why I wasn't feeling good because I was like, OK, it must be the environment. It must just be like, I just don't, my soul doesn't go with this city. It must be like yeah. the people right. I'm around. It must be anything else, but what it actually is. But inside and of you. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And so I kept trying to change things in my life. That's why I moved around a lot. And anyway, at that point, when I finally came to terms with it, it was just a lot to deal with mentally. And that's the point at which like I grabbed my phone. I mean, I journaled a lot throughout my life. I love to write. So I journaled a lot, but it just wasn't it wasn't the same vibe as like talking it out. Right. And yeah. so that's yep. when I was like, OK, I am just going to you know, I found Anchor and I was like, OK, I'm just going to start recording this stuff. And it felt so much better. It felt like such a pressure relief of my chest just to know like I could just talk about it, even if it wasn't to anyone but myself. I could just like get some of the thoughts and feelings out there. And yeah, that's pretty much how it started. Wow. We're oh, so glad that you found this podcast um, yeah. and that you are sharing your story because I think it's very important that other people that aren't ready to speak on it and they're not ready to deal with it, but they know that something is not right, need to hear it, yeah, that definitely. they're not alone, like you said before. Absolutely, because it, it really does. I mean, all of mental health illnesses have that sort of side effect of like making you feel really alone with it. Mm -hmm. Super, super alone. Um, and I don't know. I just it does. I, it was a very helpful and comforting to me to know that, like, I'm not the only one that feels that way. And so I know if I could just make somebody at least one other person feel that way, that would make me, you know, really happy. 
you know, I remember the first time I dealt with it was with Jamie. We've talked about this on some of your Yeah, I actually have never really on on our podcast, I've never really opened up yet. It's still kind of new, but I did have an anxiety attack in church of all places. Um, And so it was it was really something just like what the heck just happened, you know, and then I had, of course, go to the um, therapy and all of that stuff. And I just, I still haven't opened up completely about it. Um, but it was yeah. kind of our first like eye opening, like, yeah. well, am I crazy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was after a deployment. So, you know, you deal with a lot of stuff over there about it's not so much you're fighting a war, you're waiting for it to happen. Right. The waiting is the worst part of anything like that. And that really can, can do a number on your head. And it started out like she didn't like firecrackers no more. Mm-hmm. You love firecrackers. You love doing fireworks. And she would stay inside the hotel. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. And, and cause I was in the Navy too, but she got deployed. I was not, I was on shore duty. So I kind of took care of the home front while she deployed for a year. But yeah, that was, it was crazy. Cause I mean, it was something that we'd never dealt with. So it was really like, like something out of a movie, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anxiety attacks are brutal. And I know a lot of people will say things like, oh, just just breathe, you know, and and count your breaths. And it's just like, okay, you try doing that if you're having a heart attack. And let's see how easy you do it. I mean, exactly. When people explain it like a demon is holding them, it's literally some somebody just holding your chest down and you're just like, yeah. You're like as if as if somebody was just squeeze bearing down on you and squeezing you with all their weight. That's how it feels. Right. It's horrible. It is horrible. And it's hard to get to the root of it, too, because, again, like in those moments, you just sort of look around. You're like, I'm at church or everything's fine. Like, I don't understand why this could possibly be happening. Like, how did I have an anxiety attack? And it's so hard to relate it back to, like, the source of, like, what could have caused it. I remember when I went to therapy and I was having anxiety attacks a bunch, you know, to the point where I was making it hard for me to just live my daily life. And um, my therapist asked me to do homework. Cause I was like, I just don't get this. Like, this is so frustrating. I don't know why my anxiety just comes on out of nowhere when everything is seemingly fine. And she was like, okay, I want you to, you know, take stock of exactly where you are and try to find the common denominator of, you know, what what's common about these situations where you're having these anxiety attacks and to, it took a lot of thinking and a lot of self-reflection to come to the conclusion that like whenever because I'd be I could be in a movie theater I could be at work I could be in a car and I would have anxiety attacks and it's and I finally realized that basically whenever I was in a place where yeah I could leave like you could walk out of a car you could tell me to stop the car and walk out or you could like leave work or you, you could walk out of a movie theater but really whenever I was in a place where like it would be really inconvenient to leave right, right. and I yep. sort of felt trapped in a way like oh. I would have anxiety so it really all kind of related back to the feeling of like being trapped like you can't get out you can't right. leave for whatever reason and it took so much thought thinking to boil it down to that but it really helped me to see okay this is why it's happening and then try to pinpoint like where how far back that goes and like why I'm feeling that way was you know a whole nother thing too so it, it's kind of nuts when you think about it but um it is worth like the the, the discussion and sort of trying to figure it out yeah definitely and I want to circle back to something that you uh that Jamie and Summer were talking about like this when you're having your attack they oh, just breathe just breathe. Right. Well, also, it also reminds me 
like we were had that we had a uh, segment called to hell with the stigma about mental health. And somebody said, the worst thing you can tell somebody is like, well, go for a run <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What if they don't like running? You're just going to piss them off even more or make them more anxious, you know, just go for a run. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people say stuff like that all the time because they can't Relate. tell the difference between like yeah. being anxious, like, cause there's a normal anxiety that we as human beings feel right. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I have to do a presentation. Of course right. I'm going to feel anxious. Like I have to do this or that, or like even depression, like, you know, someone died. And so of course you're feeling depressed and things like that. Um, when you're talking to somebody who doesn't really get the whole thing behind, like actually having a, um, a clinical form of anxiety or depression or something like that, they sort of relate it back to those things. And so they're yeah. like, oh, if you're anxious, then, you know, take a walk, like take a deep breath. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or if you're feeling depressed, go hang out with your friends. And, and that's really where that comes from, because they don't really understand, like, what depression actually is when it's a clinical illness or what anxiety is when it's a clinical illness. So I think that's what makes it hard for people to actually relate to what, what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah I definitely. Yeah. I could, I never thought about it until they told me that I was like, you know what? It makes a lot of sense. If I, if I was having an anxiety attack or I was depressed and suicidal or whatever, and somebody just tells me go for a run, I'm like, dude, fuck you. You go for <laughs> yeah, a Yeah. Seriously. Like if it was that <laughs> easy, I'd go. I'd go yeah. It was that easy. That's a difference when you're anxious about normal, let's say normal anxiety, like everybody has Let's say like you got a presentation or you got whatever you there's steps to, to kind of alleviate that by being prepared. Now, when you're having no shit anxiety, nothing you can do can help. No, it can hit you out of nowhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't let go until it's ready to let go. And, and that's know, the worst part too. I started having anxiety about having anxiety. Like I was like, yeah, Oh, I don't want to have that's an anxiety what I was attack say. today. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're like, every time you're like, Oh, I hope that I, got, I could go normal today. You're like, just get through the today without right. breaking down. Yeah. yeah. I remember, uh, I guess when I really dealt with anxiety was I had a stroke back in February of last year, like a year ago. And oh, it was, wow. yeah, it was crazy. You know, it was subtle. Like I thought I had a pinched nerve. And I went to the hospital and they said, you had a stroke. I'm like, what, what the hell? So of course oh they let me out a couple of days later and guess what? I thought I was having another damn stroke because it was so subtle. So every little thing I felt, I thought I was having another stroke. I went back to the hospital in an ambulance two days after they let me out. Mm -hmm. So, and that was, it was so bad. My anxiety was so bad. My vitals are going crazy from my own mind, making it go crazy. Isn't it crazy how yeah. you can sort of do that as a human yeah. being, like, like change the way that your body's reacting yeah. just based off of like your thinking. It's insane. Yeah. They were telling, yeah, exactly. They were telling me, hey, you need to calm down a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was like, all right, I'll try. <laughs> so, you know, Summer, there's a story that Heath is dying to get into with you. About yes. Your intruder alert. But I want to preface this because you said, you know, we as humans have normal amount of being anxious or stressed or whatever. And I come from an air traffic control background, which can be pretty stressful. But that type of stress calms me down. And it's a little weird that I'm not like, you know, freaking the hell freaking out. out or yelling. Yeah, or whatever. And that was one of the things that he told me about your story was the calmness that you felt. So would you mind sharing that story with us? Absolutely. OK, so Intruder Alert was an episode that I recorded on my podcast, and it was really about um, months ago where somebody tried to break into my home, broke in to my home and tried to attack me. Um, the, it was, it was crazy. I remember just getting over a period of a week or so getting like weird text messages, uh -huh. um, weirdly specific text messages that made it 
feel like somebody I don't know, like somebody had seen me somewhere and was like sending me creepy messages, but not creepy enough to where like I was like, oh, my God, I need to call 911, you know, but just creepy right. enough to where I was like, oh, this is strange. Like, um, were they like, I see you or, or I saw your yellow shirt or what What were the kind of creepy? Yeah, messages? it was like, I don't I want to get too deep into it, but it was yeah. like kind of kind of sexual in nature. Oh, okay. And just like, yeah, it was kind of describing an outfit that I had, but like very loose so it was it was perfect because it was like very it was like loose enough to where it was like maybe somebody saw me but like not specific enough to where it was like oh shit you know somebody's coming after me you know what i mean right right um and so but i just had like this of course anxiety like weirdly like weird feeling about it Mm -hmm. um anyway it was i was sitting in my house it was like a friday night just relaxing and i was alone and I, you know how like your house starts like makes weird sounds yeah. when you're yeah. by yourself or whatever. Like that yeah. ice machine in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like sounds you never out of you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sounds like are that are always there, but you never hear them until you're alone and your house is quiet. And so when this person was breaking into my home, like I heard some sounds, like a little sounds, but I thought it was like house sounds. But I still had that sick sort of like ooh kind of anxious feeling. Mm-hmm. Um. And I I don't know why, but <laughs> my fight or flight or freeze is is um, fight because and I learned yeah. it the hard way. I've thank been mugged before. No, not not thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thank goodness if it works. But like sometimes that can actually be fatal. Like, you know how like people say yeah. if you're mugged, like, you know, throw your like throw your wallet or throw whatever you have and just like take off. Like, that's not me for whatever She'll reason. Whip somebody's ass. Moments, yeah, I'm like, I, and it's not conscious. It's not. It's like very, it's very like I, you don't you can't think in that moment at all. Right. And right. so I never am thinking in those moments. But afterwards, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like I could have died. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. So, anyways, when I hear when I feel like this sick feeling, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna get up and see what's what. You know what I mean? And basically, yeah. this guy was breaking into my sliding glass door which is really creepy to see somebody standing at your sliding glass door. I can't even Um, imagine. Huge guy. Yeah. And comes into my house and tries to like literally attack me. Um, I ran for my freaking life, you know, and was able to get to my front door and get out of my front door. But the stupid part is instead of like, first of all, I never screamed for help at all um, (laughs) at any point in this whole story. I never screamed for help. I went outside and my landlord at the time, like she is Christian. So she like there was all in the neighborhood and, you know, Florida is a swing state. So all in the neighborhood, yeah, it was kind yeah. of funny that like people had Trump signs out and they had Biden signs out and every other house had a different sign. And I guess for her, like when she'd come, um, she was doing some some work on the house or having somebody do some work on the house. And then when she'd come, she like put up this like huge um, wooden cross in front of the house which I was fine with, but it was like, it was like this huge, like almost like 10 foot wooden cross, like just slapped wow. in the ground as opposed to like a political sign. Right. Yeah. And so that was out there. And she had like it all, um, she had lights on it too, like Christmas lights. <laughs> it <was laughs> wow. Ridiculous. But anyways, I ran outside and instead of like running and, you know, running down street street, screaming for help, doing anything that a normal logical person should do, I decided that I'm no, I'm going to take this thing out of the ground and <laughs> run back ass. inside my house and try to defend myself with like this 10 foot wooden cross. You right? went back into the house. I went 
went back into the house. You are the thing. type of person that people scream at at the movies. Like, exactly. Yeah. That. I realized that. I realized that. 100%. <laughs> I, I 100% realized that. So I ran back in the house with this thing to try to attack this guy. He still got the better of me and was like on top of me. And it was it was terrible. It was terrible. And I, I remember just like like using my nails, clawing him, clawing on his neck. Um, it was it was really awful. Anyway, I still I got away from him again God, and right. like wow. went into my room, uh, closed the door. He was like trying to get into my room. Like I remember putting something in front of my door. Um, and then like I had this window that like you have to. It's kind of like those old fashioned windows that you have to like. Um, like it's like double paned. Does that make sense? Like it's like yes. it's yep. not like it's just straight up window that you open it's like double paint and like i somehow managed to get out of this window <laughs> okay <laughs> and um i had my phone or whatever grabbed my phone got out of this window and then ran down the street down to like the stop sign at the end of the street and i just i was so but it was crazy because i was so calm i remember just like calling 911 like just being like yeah this person just tried to break into my house here's my address like just describing him there was no sense of like panic i don't know if it was like just adrenaline or whatever but i was 100% like super super calm about it and anyway they were there in like about 5 minutes they got there they went in they apprehended this guy like he literally like broke down the door. It was gnarly to see it afterwards oh. um, trying to get to me. But anyways, um, they managed to get him. I just stayed in a hotel that night. And yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the so story. The but I had you're running down the street to the stop sign. He's still trying to get in the room to the you. door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He yeah. realized I, like, I was like, why are, where's the guy at this point? Like, you're just standing there at the yeah. stop sign, calmly calling the police. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, he was like yeah. destroying my door. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Holy shit. And I know you took some a uh, little time off of your podcast for a while after, after I that. did. I was so creeped out. I mean, I, I guess this guy had been like he's he did see me. I don't know how he got my phone number. He had been yeah. like creepily sort of like stalking me for a while. And he had just like terrible intentions to rape and kill me and all these different things. And I don't know, it just really put me off. And like, obviously, like I told you guys, like I'm, I have always been distrustful of people. So that yeah. just made me like really want to step away from everything. And right. Like not even, I mean, have any ties to anything. So I just sort of had to just get off of online and I just had so much anxiety. Yeah, it was really hard to just kind of even even though I wanted to so badly to record an episode or do something, I just didn't even want to come online. I changed my number like yeah. it, it was yeah. really hard. And um, but finally, I, I'm so glad that I was able to kind of get out of that mindset and, and come back um, and record. And I thought, you know what? I have to tell my audience what happened and I hope that it helps somebody. But obviously, you know, it's a cautionary tale of like what not to do. Like, <laughs> don't do anything that I well, do. I, I say you thank know? goodness that you're a fighter because you might not be here with us today if you weren't, if you just froze, you know? So yeah, but I would have rather like, well, I don't know if going back and <laughs> yeah, not she doing was, she went yeah. back into the fucking house. Yeah. So if you'd have kept going, you probably never would have had to scratch his daggum eyeballs out. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I could have just left the house and like, it, it, yeah, yeah. I could have done a lot of things. And again, like, you know, you never know what you're going to do in these situations. Right. Like, I feel like, you know, 
the only thing that might overtake instinct is like really, really good training. If you have really, yeah. really good training, that might overtake your instincts. Yeah. But other than that, like you don't know what you're going to do in these types of situations. You can say everything you want. I would always say whenever, you know, people discuss like, oh, you know, situations that you could possibly get into. I'm like, I'm going to hide. I would definitely run away. Like there would be, you know, no instance where yeah. I try to stand up for myself. Um, and every single time that I've been in, in a, these types of situations, I have gone into fight mode for whatever reason. So you, you don't really know what you're going to do. It's so bizarre. Um, but yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do okay. any of that. Just Speaking get out. Bizarre. What was the headline the next day? Florida woman attacks would be attacker with a ten foot. <laughs> there was no headline. There oh, was no. Oh. There was no headline. Thank Damn. God. Thank God there was no headline because I would have been mortified. Like it was terrible. I remember just it was. I went into. Um, I didn't tell anybody about it. Just by the way, this is how yeah. weird it was. Like I didn't tell anyone about it. I got a hotel room for the weekend. And after that, like, I just went to work on Monday, like everything was fine. Oh I ended up moving God. out of the place that I was in and, and getting into another place. And I never told any of my family about it. They still don't know about it till this day. Like, it, it wow. was just, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't I didn't want my family to have to worry about it because I know that they would and that it would be like, you know, oh, my God, like, no, like what what happened and 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 fearing for me all the time. I didn't want to put that anxiety on them because it was just over. So there was no right. point of that in my mind. And yeah, like I just it's so weird because like there's almost like an embarrassment for me and it like haven't even been in a situation. So I never, I never told anyone and I was so glad like, yeah, that it wasn't a headline or anything. Cause that would have been horrible. Well, didn't you like borrow money from somebody? Cause you had, you'd have your wallet. My sister. You? I yeah. did. My sister. <laughs> I didn't even want to go back in the house. Yeah. I was like, I was like, can you just, you know, wire me this money and I'll pay you back. And <laughs> don't ask um, me why. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally said in my text, do not ask me why. And you know, her being such a good sister, like she just did it. And she still has no clue why and just never asked me why. <laughs> wow. Know? So, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Wow. That's crazy. So going back to your uh, anxiety and depression and stress, do you think, do you think podcasting, or let me rephrase this. What's the most single thing you think kept you on the right track, despite all your mental stuff you're dealing with and anxiety and all that? I don't know if I am on the right track. <laughs> Well, it sounds like it. I mean, you're, you know, it may, I don't know. You know, every if people put on masks, we really don't know, you know. Uh, but anytime you're you're wanting to help others, yeah, despite that's what your, I think. your own struggles, I feel like that's the I, right track. Yeah, that's kind of where I was getting at. Yeah. I mean, I mean, podcasting definitely helps with that. Um, it definitely does. And there's a lot of other coping mechanisms. I mean, finding hobbies that I enjoy, still continuing to write and do things of that nature. You know, I don't know. I just find I try to, you know, find positive things that sort of take my mind away from negative thoughts. Also, going to counseling does help too. you know, different. There's a whole bunch of different mechanisms that I use. Sometimes I like throw myself into work. Like even when I wasn't podcasting, I was like working like 12 hours a day because that was like a good distraction. Mm -hmm. And sometimes all you can do is try to distract yourself from the feelings that you're having, which right. is great if it keeps you alive. That's just my opinion. Um but yeah, I think throughout any day or any week or month or year, I use hundreds of different coping mechanisms to try to deal with my daily struggles. It's not perfect all the time, but you know, that's just, that's what I do. 
And I like to share it with other people because again, like if I could help at least one person, um, it does make me feel better as well. That's right. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And also the tequila and the ass bags help, right? The fart bags. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I couldn't get over the fart bags. I need to get, I need to get some of them. Those little. Yeah. Of yeah. Uh, it's called liquid ass and yeah, liquid ass, <laughs> it, it's a spray that smells disgusting. It smells horrible. And yeah, you can use it on all of your enemies so, <laughs> or anybody that so, you want to prank. <laughs> so yeah, do me a favor though. Can you tell Jamie, Jamie has a lead foot when she's driving. So what, what would get, how would liquid ass get her out of a ticket? So, okay. So it smells, <laughs> this thing smells like sewer water, like oh, just no. on top of sewer water. It is disgusting. So Yes, if you got pulled over for speeding, my recommendation it would be to take your liquid ass, spray it, you know, a couple of times in your car. And then when they ask you to roll down the window, the cop will definitely gag. And you could just be like, sorry, I was I was having an accident. Like I really needed to get to the nearest restroom. And they they would hundred thousand percent not want to stick around to give you a ticket. They'd be like, get get where you're going and get there fast. Well, I was gonna make it to the bathroom until you pulled me over. Yeah. Now look at you make now, me do it myself. Now you smell it. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Now I just crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so as we get ready to close out summer what would be some advice that you would have for our listeners who are uh feeling maybe they're feeling like like we were talking about before like you know something's not right but i don't know what it is i can't pinpoint it what advice would you give to them to kind of help deal with what they're going through well i mean it, it's hard. That's why I don't really give a lot of advice on my podcast because it's hard to give advice when you're also faced with those same situations. Um, I think that everybody has a different circumstance in their life. If you can get therapy, I would encourage you to get it because it is very, very helpful to sit down and talk to somebody who doesn't know you at all and who's not judging you and who's there to try to help you. That's super, super helpful. I know they have a lot of like virtual ones too now, which is awesome that you don't actually even have to go into the office or anything like that where you can talk. If you do happen to be fortunate enough to have somebody in your life that you trust, um, that you can share those feelings with, that's great too. Um, and then there's other mechanisms, anything that helps you to get it out because so much of that internal self-talk like if you keep it internal you never can really sort it out I guess you could say so if you're right if you even write it down or even if you record it not with the intention of making a podcast but even if you record it and listen back to it and things like that you can analyze it from a different perspective because these illnesses tend to lie to you they tell you that you're alone they tell you that you're gonna die they tell you all sorts of things. And if you can kind of get it out and sort of like look at it from a different purview, it is very, very helpful. Um, so those are the things that I would say. I mean, even if I've seen people on Twitter and on different platforms, like have what they call vent accounts where again, like, you know, they're for the most part anonymous, but they'll just go on to these platforms and like talk about their feelings and kind of get it out and, and get support that way. That's also really helpful. Any way you can just get it off your chest and not keep it all inside um, is really, really great because those feelings that you try to suppress a lot of the times are those feelings that sort of unravel and then you get to be more anxious. You tell yourself like, okay, 
this is just something I have to do and I just have to deal with it and suck it up. And like, I'm not, I don't want to think about it. And that goes on for years. And then it just comes out in, in the form of these illnesses and different physical manifestations that happen to you. So if you can get it out, that's what I recommend. Just get it off your chest. That is such great advice because we, as military members, we always say we put our emotions in a box and we carry on and we put it in a box and carry on. But you know, at some point, it's not that the box opens, it starts to disintegrate and it all comes yeah. at one time yeah. it, and you perfect. can't close the box. Yeah. Your box just literally is gone. And all these emotions are flooding out that you put away years ago. And it, if you just had the means to get it out at some way, journaling, podcasting, talking to a friend, therapy, that's just great advice, honestly, because the more we keep it bottled up, the harder it is to deal with all at one time. Oh, yeah. It has to go somewhere. That's the hard part. Like you don't realize it It has to go somewhere. I grew up in a household where people are just like, you know, keep it in like, you know, just keep going. You have to carry on. And I prided myself on that for many years, like whatever, you know, just keep going on. It doesn't matter. Just shrug it off. And although in some instances of life that can be good, you still if something is 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 bothering you, you should get it out. Like you just said, in in some way, shape or form, because it does start to fester. It does build up in and it spills out. And it's horrible when it does because you don't expect it. Yeah, right. Right. And uh, so Summer, tell tell our audience, our listeners where they can find you at. Okay, well, you can find my podcast on any of the platforms that you like to listen. You can go onto my website, stressedepressedanxious.com and get all those links as well. You can find me on Twitter, SD underscore anxious. And I typically post episodes every Monday. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Hey. Thank you so much for being on with us. I got a lot out of it. I did too. You were great. Aww, thank you, you so much for having me. This was great. Uh, definitely probably won't be the last time. So uh like to have you on again sometime too, if you're, if you're willing. I would love that. I would love that. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to close out, but stick around for a second. Okay. Absolutely. And with that, we wish you fair winds and following seas. (laughs) 